Hey everyone, it's Jeff from Modern Combat and Survival, and, and this week I decided to tackle what's probably one of the most controversial self-defense topics that you're going to find, that's ground fighting. And I say it's controversial because when you think about it, there have been entire martial arts systems built around how to win against an attacker on the ground. But, as we all know, winning and surviving aren't always the same thing. Now today we're talking about surviving, and I have just the person to talk with us about the no BS ground fighting tactics that will do the job stat. Let's go ahead and get started. If bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Okay, you've heard the statistics before. Most of them are made up on the spot. Statements like 85% of all street fights go to the ground. No, 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 wait, it's 90%. No, wait, it's it's 95%. And it goes on and on and on, telling you what to expect when duking it out on some barroom brawl. While it's hard to attach a real number to this self-defense scenario, the reality is that when it comes to a real street fight, it is very likely that you could end up trying to defend yourself from the ground. And one thing is sure, on your back on the pavement is the last place you want to be when battling a violent attacker, especially if your attacker is accompanied by several of his buddies with steel-toed boots. So, when everything goes wrong and you do end up on the ground in a street fight, what are your options? How do you fight your way clear? And how do you avoid getting stomped to death while you're down there? Well, that's what we're here to find out. Hello, everyone. This is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine, with another podcast to help you better prepare for your role as a protector and a patriot. And here to reveal some of the street defense secrets that you need to survive a ground fighting scenario is my friend, Damian Ross. Damian, welcome to the program, man. Thanks for having me, Jeff. Yeah, it's been it's been far too long since we've got you on here, so I'm really looking forward right. to this. Listen, everybody, getting past his three black belts and his time as an international competitor and collegiate wrestler, Damien's focus has always been on designing and training hardcore street defense tactics that will help his students be even more badass than the bad guys. Now, his work has been recognized and featured in such prestigious media outlets as SWAT Magazine, Black Belt Magazine, Martial Arts Masters Magazine, Maxim Magazine, the Danny Bonaducci Radio Show, and Fox News. And he makes regular appearances on other mainstream media as well. Now, over the years, secret service agents, federal and local police, military, members of the NYPD, and private contractors have all traveled thousands of miles and paid top dollar just to train for an hour with Damien, and with very good reason. His self-defense training system is based on real violence, and the real no-BS tactics that will defeat a brutal attacker under the most extreme circumstances. Now, you can find out more about Damien and his training at www.streetdefensetraining.com. So let's go ahead and jump into this. So Damien, mixed martial arts matches like, you know, like you see in the UFC really help to bring grappling into people's minds as a, as a fighting style, because, and especially in the early days of the UFC, once the fight went to the ground, these were the fighters that could win the match in seconds. Like they would get an arm bar or a chokehold or something like that. The guys would tap out and it's done. Right. Now, because of that obvious dominance, 
it really helped propel those self-defense arts that, that focused on a ground game, whether it was wrestling or Brazilian jiu-jitsu or some other system that included grappling in it. So here's my question. When it comes to really surviving a street attack, it seems like there's a real difference between grappling and ground fighting. So can you explain the difference as well as the most critical factor someone must understand in order to survive a fight when it ends up on the pavement? Sure. Uh, one thing I should mention uh, that actually the uh, the UFC helped expose actually the state of martial arts back then, and you know most of the most of the uh, the, the arts that saw dot prominence were the ones that were grappling or you know based in some type of real resistance training platform. Uh, again, like you mentioned before, uh, second degree black belt in judo. I've wrestled Division One for Lehigh University. Uh, ironically, also have a blue belt in Brazilian Jiu Jitsu. Uh, the one thing all these arts have in common is that they're sports, not designed to injure, maim, or kill your opponent. No, they're designed for safety so that equally matched opponents can compete in a controlled environment. No, that being said, there's not a position on the ground where you cannot bite, gouge, grab, or squeeze a highly vulnerable area, no, like the testicles or the eyes. You know, a lot of techniques, like the triangle choke, were designed specifically for sport. No self receptive uh, excuse me, no self-respecting samurai would deliberately put his genitals near his enemy's mouth. Uh, and if anyone uh, happens to carry an edge weapon, like a push dagger tucked in your belt, you know, no one's going to be able to handle you. I mean, this is your life. Survive by any means possible. Yeah, I mean, I guess that's the reality. I mean, when you're when you're in the, noct- the octagon, you're right. The other attacker doesn't have a weapon on him. It right. doesn't have his buddies hanging around him. So it's you know, those are some of the things that we talk about as as being the reality of a street fight, especially if it's, well, you know, whether it's a, in a bar or in a gang or something like that. You know, we always say, you know, you're probably not going to be fighting just one person. Well, in an octagon, you are. It's you, you know, other than a ref. Right. The ref's not going to stomp away at you. So Now, and I, you know, to speak to that, I mean, like you, a, lot of, a lot of your listeners are familiar with, uh, you know, what happens when you're under stress, fight or flight, with the sympathetic nervous system kicks in. You know, it's a completely different adrenaline dump than what you feel when you're in a competition. You know, you're not expecting the guy across from you to, you know, to hit you over the head with a bottle, right? And his buddy to jump in. It's just so you know. I mean, you can rep, try to replicate it in training, but what happens when you're under real stress? It, it's, it, it, it is impossible to replicate training. So what you need to do is train within the confines of what happens to you, and that's simple, large movements that can be applied to a wide variety of situations. I've never heard it put that way. That makes total sense. In fact, I've never, I've never thought of the difference of that kind of stress, but that, that makes a lot of sense. You know, I guess, I guess the best way, obviously, to win a ground fight is to avoid going to the ground in the first place. But, right. you know, what happens is when you're locked up in an attacker in that close quarter struggle, you know, people, most people don't know how to fight that close. So that's why I think people tend to naturally like reach out, grab the other person, try and throw them down to the ground. So what are some tactics that someone can use to try to keep the fight from going down to the ground or recover as quickly as possible if they do fall down? You know, I mean, most people, you know, like you mentioned, you know, they start grabbing and pushing because they're very reluctant to engage and escalate. Um, but that's where part of, that's where your training comes in. I mean, and right, like even with my background, you know, never choose the ground. I mean, you wind up there. Uh, like you mentioned before, there's a, besides the harshness of the ground itself, uh, you know, they've got buddies, they've got friends, you know, they have weapons. 
uh, you know, most times you, you don't actually get taken down. I mean, you trip. I mean, getting taken down the concern, but really need to take into account all types of elevate, uh, all types of terrain like ice, snow, sand, so forth. You know, you need to also account for changes in elevation, like a curb, a rock, or other debris. Uh, you know, even if you're up against a skilled grappler, I mean, he has to deal with the same conditions as well. So if he's trained and used to moving on a smooth mat, there's a good chance of getting him tripped up even before it gets to. Uh, so one thing to do uh, that we uh, train our guys to prepare to keep your feet is uh, to use a specific type of footwork. And it's really easy, and it's something you can implement your training right now. Just when you're moving and you're hitting, lift your feet and stomp them. And literally, just you know, you're like it's like you're driving a knee up and just planting that foot down with a stomp. I mean, this will give you firm footing and allow you to put your power into your attack. And you know, it'll allow you to you know maintain your balance and it'll keep you conscious about keeping your feet under you and moving. You know, another important, extremely important tactic is to always take ground. I mean, you want to be where he's standing. Always move forward. And these two tactics alone will enable you to control two key factors of the fight of momentum and balance. Maintain your balance, break his, control the momentum, and stop his. Yeah, it's, I, I'd never thought of that that stomping type of thing. I mean, most people are, you know, if you slide your feet around, if you hit a curb, obviously that's where it's going to, you know, you're right. going to get tripped up. And looking behind you is kind of, it's kind of difficult when you're, when you're fighting somebody, those are those are great great tactics. I mean, look around you right now. There's probably not you know three or five. You can't go five or ten feet without running into something and <laughs> changing elevation. Where most places where you work out, you know, you've got a, you've got far enough space. You know, you make sure you're not tripping. You know, you don't want to getting hurt. Uh, again, when we're you know when we train, when you guys are trained on their own, you know, we put you know sticks, we put you know things around your training area or your training dummy when you're working so you just don't get distracted by those things and you can focus on the attack yeah great point stick a chair in there put something right. on the ground yeah that's that's a good point you know i mean when we get again you know i just want to you know one of the things we practice you know it's, even when like a like a weapon defense you know people mm-hmm. are very um you know guy like he's, you know you're doing a knife defense and there's you and a guy with a knife and you know your training is forcing you it's like okay i gotta go get this guy Really? You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna run around, I'm gonna use my environment, I'm gonna throw a chair at him, I'm gonna start throwing everything that's not nailed down at him to get him to pause and to stop so I can get my hands on him and do what I need to do. Uh, so, you know, I think, you know, when we're training, you know, you gotta, you know, you've gotta train your mind as well as your skill set, which I guess it all falls part of the same, uh, same catalog, but I mean, you really wanna train to think this way where it's like, I'm not in a vacuum. It's not me and him. I don't have to go empty hand against, you know, edge weapon. You know, I'm going to do empty hand. I'm going to do edge weapon against rock, edge weapon against chair. I'm just going to use whatever I can to just get this guy out of his game. Yeah, yeah. Okay, we're here with Damian Ross of StreetDefenseTraining.com, talking about how to survive a fight that goes to the ground. And we have a lot more to cover in just a minute, including – the best techniques to devastate an attacker when you have the top man advantage, how to avoid getting pounded and stomped to death when you're stuck on the ground with an attacker and his buddies towering over you, as well as training tips for preparing yourself for a ground battle, even if you don't have a training partner to work with. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 350-pound biker dude, rage in his eyes. 
ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do? Without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Damian Ross of StreetDefenseTraining.com to discuss how to survive a violent attack that puts you on the pavement in a life-or-death ground fight. We've got a lot more to get to, so let's go ahead and jump right back in. Now, Damian, one of the reasons why fighting on the ground can be so challenging is that it really limits your ability to use all of those body weapons that we talk about, you know, the ones that are really powerful you can get a lot of force behind, you know, and, and even if you're in, like, a superior position where you're on top, it becomes super challenging. So from your experience, what are the best strikes or attacks that someone can use specifically when the fight goes to the ground and you're able to get on top of your attacker? Uh, without a doubt, uh, heel of hand, edge of hand. Uh, avoid straight punches. I mean, there's nothing worse than smashing your knuckles on concrete. And also, if you happen to carry a firearm, you know, you bash your knuckles, you're not going to be able to operate it. So those heel of hand, edge of hand, open hand techniques and more of an arcing type of motion rather than a linear type motion. Also, when you're mounted on him, you want to keep one knee up and one knee down for, for balance. Uh, when he covers up because he's going to, I mean, you've got the advantage, you've got gravity, you've got your weight behind, the, behind your attack. And he covers up, hack his arm with an edge of hand, you know, shatter whatever in your way, grab his arm, move it out of the way, and just continue to go for those high target areas around the neck and the head. Now, we have a drill called the Combatives Ground and Pound, and it's literally a series of strikes, and you just go ballistic. Uh, you know, once you get that arm out of the way, you know, put your knee on it, pin it down. As he gets more injured, you know, trap the other arm. Man, then he's, he's done like dinner. It's over. Yeah, I've seen you, I've seen you do that on, um, on training dummies before, and it, and it really is. It's like a ballistic, and that's how you gotta be, right? Absolutely. You just gotta kinda, you know, and you get a lot more force, and you get a lot more adrenaline going, and, um, but you're right. I mean, I think most people tend to do that straight punch, like trying to punch it. I mean, we're all so head focused, right? So trying to punch down at the person's head. Right. One you little know, move, six inches to the left or right, and you know you're, you're exactly your knuckles are done. Exactly. And you know, you know, and we're also uh, you know so apt to, uh, and this is from our, you know the martial arts training. Right? We're so apt to kind of a sparring, like a give and take. Yeah. I mean, you've got to amp up your training where you can. You know, it's almost like. Uh, 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 you know, for lack of a better term, like a bloodlust. I mean, you've got to tap into that and go at this thing as hard and as fast 
as you can because that's what your adrenaline's going to do and that's how you're going to be able to take advantage of it. Um, you're not going to be able to, you know, relax and open up until maybe the fight is gone a minute or so. And then honestly, even if you're in great shape, you're exhausted. You know, yeah. there's, you know, there's, it's, you know, you got to recover, you got to recover from that adrenaline dump. And then that's when you get into like recovery mode, like we'll do like a reverse, you know, Japanese strangle on somebody just to kind of lock them in and hold it just so we can touch a breath. You know, it, it seems to me that the worst place that you can be in a ground fight is on the bottom of the struggle when your right. attacker is, is able to pound away at you. So, and, and and to make matters worse, and we talk about this a lot when it comes to ground fighting, you know, you're, once you're down there, you're also in danger of getting stomped to death by anyone who decides that they want to jump into the fight. Now, that might be that might be the guy's buddies. It might be just somebody that was a bystander, but you know, sees that you know. There's like there's just stupid knuckleheads out there all the time. If they see like it's an it's an easy shot, right, they can take right. they can take this. And I've seen right. this happen in, in a lot of gang fights when I was doing a lot of security work in in like the, the in gang areas. Once a fight went to the ground, all the buddies just jumped in. It was a right. stomp fest from there. So yep. how do I avoid this? I mean, what can I do to fight my way back on the feet if I get stuck in this worst case scenario where I'm on my back on the pavement? You know and. I, it this bears repeating again because this seems to be a running theme of this event. Like my uh, judo instructor said when uh, you shoot a Yuneska, he's like, you know, we're like, oh, what's a defense for a choke? He's like, best defense is no, don't get into it. Yeah. Right? So, you know, if you're training to accept the ground or go to the ground first, you're making a huge tactical error. And I've got to, you know, I, I, I can't stress this enough. You know, People get enamored with it because, again, a choke is real. It's measurable. An armbar is real. It's measurable. You can do it when somebody's resisting. But, again, you do not want to choose this place. It is, the ground is just unforgiving. So, you know, you wind up on the ground. So you got you have to deal with it. And like I mentioned before, you know, edge weapons like a push dagger or a neck knife go a long way on the ground. I mean, the grapplers have no plan for that. So you might want to consider carrying. But even if you start stabbing him, you know, you're still going to need to fight because he might not even notice it because he's got that same adrenaline dump, uh, adrenaline dump that you have. Yeah, so, point. you know, it's not the movies where you, you cut a guy, magically stops and falls right. over when he's cut. I mean, you can look on YouTube and see uh, hundreds of, of gruesome videos of people who survive serious knife attacks. So that being said, you know, the first thing you do is you need to get his weight, weight off of you. Um, and if he's in the mount, which is the second worst place you can be in, I and mean, the absolute worst place is if, he, if he's got your back. So you're on the bottom. The first thing you need to do is stop incurring injury. So get him to stop hitting or stabbing you. Uh, the second, you must get him to shift his weight off of you so you can start to escape from underneath. Finally, once you create some space, you use your legs to escape. So one way of uh, stop getting injured is, is to cover your face and neck by using like a combative cover and that is keeping your chin tucked, your head off the ground. You know, you form a brace with your with your with your hand on your uh, hand on your shoulder, the other hand on your collar, with your elbows up. So you're basically creating a helmet with your with your arms and your hands. But this is not a permanent solution. All right, this is holy crap! I still have my wherewithal. I still have my wits about me. Okay, I need to you know uh, reestablish you know my position and start to try to shift the momentum in my favor. So in order to do that, you need to start attacking him. 
And one of the things that, you know, we do a lot is the three-count chop drill with the edge of hand. And it's a great way to fight your way out. And you're hacking him. And even if you're not necessarily, I mean, you're attacking his head. But even if you're just hitting his arms, anything to get him to stop from hitting you. You know, once you have a little opening, you buck, push, you know, shrimp your way out. Try to get your legs between you and him and literally kick your way out of there and get back on your feet as fast as possible. Yeah. What about, I mean, some of the targets that you were talking about? Like, you know, most people don't think in terms of, like, testicles and things like that. Um, you know, it might be hard to punch somebody's head if they're in that, that dominant spot. Like, you do right. anything you can. What about things like um, like reaching down? Are you able to, if you're able to get in between your bodies, grabbing testicles, things like Absolutely. that? Yes, again, yes, but, you know, again, it's going to be depend on if you, if you have the time, right? Yeah. So if you've injured them enough, I mean, it's, it's almost better, like, if you, can, if you can give them a shot, great. If he's pinned, you know, I'm a worst case scenario kind of guy, right? So if you, you know, I'm picturing him a lot bigger than me. Uh, you know, most of the grappling skills that you learn are meant for somebody your size or smaller. Yeah. And you really don't see guys who are like 350 pounds really grappling a lot. <laughs> you know, I'm like the guys, the guys are like, you know, 220 below, you know, even the 220 pounders, yeah. a little big. I mean, if you look at a guy who's like 150 pounds, man, Forget it. But yeah. if you're, you know, if you're 300 pounds, he's not going to do crap to you. Yeah. Like, he's just going to lay on him. Because ground fighting, you need to create some space in between so you can move underneath. So, you know, worst case scenario guy, yeah, absolutely. If I can do that, if his head is down, you know, I can do reverse strangle on him and, and take an eye. You know, there's biting involved. Uh, right. Anything that comes near you. Um, but really, in order to escape, you just want to do it enough so that he gets his weight off of you and he gets his hips back a little bit so you can literally you know, pull a leg out and, and push off of him. Yeah. Again, if you're, you know, if you have an edge weapon on you, uh, that, again, that's, that goes a long way. And especially if you're, uh, again, if you're serious about the stuff, I mean, I think I made this point clear. I mean, I tell everyone that we're, that, that's training with us that this, these are the things you should seriously consider. Because look, I mean, it, what's the best way for a 110 pound woman to get out from underneath from a 200, 220 pound man, right? Yeah. You know, I mean, we can do these things, but you know, again, the physics are, he's just big, he's just strong. Let's, you know, prepare. And again, worst case scenario, you do these, you do these other, these other skills yeah. to, to try to get yourself out. But, you know, f you know, forewarned is, you know, forearmed or forearmed is forewarned or I don't even know how yeah. that thing. Yeah. One of those things. Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear I hear what you're saying totally. And you're and you're right. I mean, it can be a worst case scenario. And you're not like a giant guy yourself. So you've really had to no. put in, you know, you have you've gone for the worst case scenario type type of Right. Scenario. And especially, you know, cuz I used to do the bodyguarding and the church stuff. I I'm not the tallest guy, so I'm like 5'8 on a good day. Uh my football listing is 5'10. You know how that works? Yeah. So I um you know, I, I'm like standing next to guys who are like 6'2", six 6'3", six yeah. you know, so I'm the guy getting picked first. Right? Yeah, right. You know, so god damn, man. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, again? So, yeah, yeah. yeah. can't catch a break. So, um, yeah, so, you know, you really, you know, you've got to have, you know, you really need an honest assessment of your skill set and even the people that spend it. You know, to develop, to develop real good grappling skills, you know, I coached, like I said, I wrestled, like, I, I still coach. Um, you know, it takes someone literally years, 
like I would say like two years of take three to four months, five times a week for two hours a day to take somebody from no skills to really decent grappling skills. And those are grappling skills. So now the average person does martial arts or trains maybe twice a week for, uh, you know, and let's call it 50 minutes a, you know, a session for maybe, maybe three months to four years best, right? That doesn't even cover one season of rest. So, you know, you would you rather develop, you know, skills that would not necessarily make you the best grappler in the world, because that's what, you're, what we're doing, but to get a pretty, you know, even the best grappler in the world off of you, well, you know, I know where I'm going to spend my time. And that's why I focus on this type of this type of training. Well, here's the thing, and here's and and to make one more leap beyond that, because mixed martial arts and grappling, like those guys, you know, that does it takes a lot of training. You know, that's but it's so technique driven as well. You know, right. okay, you've got an arm bar here. You know, it's very technique driven. What you're talking about with a like a real street attack, right? It's not it's not as pretty as that. No, you know, but it's it, but it, it it really and this is why you're able to master it so quickly because you are using basic movements, not complicated arm bars, not right. complicated chokeholds, basic movements with a lot of brutal force behind them. You know, done the right, right way is not is not hard to learn. No, but you've got to be able to train it. You got to be able to get your mind into that mode, be able to exactly. think survival, like you said. Right. That's a different mindset when you're right. when you're facing somebody with a weapon or something like right. that. So. You've got to be able to do that. And that's why I like, you know, your training allows people to, to not have to go through years of grappling and martial arts and things like that. Right. It's, it's, here's how you, here's how you get out of it. So like, they, like they say, you know, they play chess, we play checkers. Right. Right. There you go. Right. There you go. That's good. I like that. I haven't heard that one before. That's good. But so, so let's talk about that training because, okay, so you have, you have great DVDs that show people how to do these things. Well, now we're all on demand. So. That's now it. it's on demand. Yeah, on welcome demand, to the twenty first century. Yeah, you know, I know. it's funny. It's I get, I still get, I still get requests for DVDs, and I'm like, you know what? I haven't personally loaded a DVD into anything. Yeah. Since, you know, I've got, I have a DVD player someplace. Um, everything we do is all streaming. Um, it's instant, and you know what we also do is all of our programs. Uh, we we give you live support. So the, one of the problems that I had with the with the DVD platform is that it was very disjointed. Uh, we had a forum connected to it, but now on our training network, you know, we can literally, you know, you have a question, we answer. We have our own social network built in there. So, you know, everything's, you know, everything's on demand. You get, you know, your instruction, you get your drill. I mean, because again, the instruction is, is great. Um, but, you know, how to practice it, in my opinion, is even more important because that takes the... um that takes your skill. I mean, you can learn all the moves in the world, but again, in reality, uh, even the best uh, fighters only have like three to five techniques. doesn't matter what it is, right? So the, the whole point of the training is to explore what works for you, what best, and then to apply those uh, techniques to every situation. So, you know, you need training and drills to do it. So we show you step-by-step, step, this is how you practice it, this is the equipment you need, this is how you set up your area, and it's all stuff that you can get at you know, the local, you know, local, uh, sporting goods store and, you know, the hardware store. I mean, yeah. really cheap as chips type stuff. Um, and yeah, so the, uh, so now when they're on the network, you know, we literally, it's like myself, we have other instructors, you know, you post a question, bang, we're there. You want us to take a look at something, post a video. 
You know, it's all completely interactive. So it's not just this one way thing. It's really give and take. And now, you know, now we're on your iPad, your phone, your smart TV, right. your computer, wherever we're there. Yeah. So. Cool. Well, so, so related to that training then, because a lot of people, so now they can get access to like demonstration of it. They can see how to do this stuff, but right. actually putting it into, into action and, and going beyond just watching it. You know, right. some people, a lot of our listeners might not have access to that type of training that we're talking about. You sure. know, that's why these videos come in so handy. So, and, and they might not even have a training partner to work, to work with. So, are there any training tips that you can give somebody for practicing at, at like this level of a street ground fighting type scenario, even if they're forced to train solo? Right. I said most of the people that do this are, um, you know, trained, you know, apart. I yeah. mean, occasionally maybe they get together with, I mean, we do some seminars and where they'll get together and they'll get the feel for it with a partner. But, you know, to be honest, the only real benefit of a training partner gives you is the feel and the pressure of that particular position, especially in grappling. Uh, but that's about it because, you know, other than that, you really need to practice this stuff, you know, full bore 100% like we mentioned before. I mean, you got to get out of your mind at times and just go at it as hard and as possible and as, and as, and as fast as possible as you can to replicate what you're going to be doing, what you're going to be feeling. Because what happens is, especially in martial arts, if you're training self-defense with somebody, one, um, if you're going to pull your technique, right? Uh, I mean, we're not going to, you know, if I hit you by accident, I'm not, you know, I'm not a jerk. I mean, no opinions vary, but you know, I'm going to, I'm going to be apologize. I'm going to apologize. I'm going to be, you know, kind of, you know, watching how I interact with you. I'm going to be pulling my, uh, pulling my punches, so to speak. And what happens is, and I saw this in the eighties with, um, like point fighting and the guys that I worked, uh, that I would uh, bounce with, is that, you know, these guys would be awesome point fighters, but then when something would happen, they were literally still pulling their punches in the street. So when I was learning this stuff way back when, I mean, most of the training that we did, in fact, I would say uh, 90% of it uh, was done on a, either a training dummy or a pad or some type of apparatus where we could just go completely ballistic on it. So, you know, to do that, we use, you know, for especially for, for the ground fighting, uh, you can use a heavy bag or pop the torso off your training dummy, you know, put it on the ground and practice your strikes and gouges. You know, in our combative training program, you know, we show you exactly how to develop these skills without a partner. I mean, this is what we do. This is exactly what our training does. You know, I can't, I can't practice gouging your guys out and slamming his head on the concrete, you know. Yeah, it's hard to find those, it's hard to find those training partners. Right. And yeah. then in, in that, if that's the case, you know, I make sure I'm going first. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you can't put a heavy bag in the corner and smash a snot out of it like you would replicate kicking out from underneath. Um, you can also wrap your heavy bag or your dummy in cardboard and duct tape and practice drawing your weapon and stabbing the hell out of it. Again, you know, that's something I you show you, you know, that's something that we show you how to do in the Compatis program as well. And that's one thing I should mention about edge weapons that if you're going to carry something, you best know what it feels like to stab with that weapon. Um, most guys, I mean, I've attended knife seminars where literally all I did was dance with a knife for two hours. And, you know, you wind up, you know, listen, when you actually stab stuff, it tells you right away, one, if the knife is any good, if you'll carry it. I mean, for the most part, I'll carry weapons like key handles or um, finger knives something where I can put my finger in there or something that's got a hilt to it because 
when you start stabbing and pulling it out of things, you know, uh, it tends to get slippery. It tends to stick in. It tends to, uh, you know, your hand will slide off the blade and uh, slide off the, uh, the pommel and, you know, go onto the blade. So, you know, these are things you seriously consider. And anytime you carry a weapon for that matter, you know, you want to practice it live on something. And again, training partners don't really stand for that too, too well. Yeah. Yeah, those are all those are all good reasons why you can actually accomplish sometimes more with it with training solo with the right equipment. Right, right. Damien, awesome information, man. I really appreciate uh, taking Thank some you time. So much for having. Yeah, yeah. Listen, Thank you. hey, and for everyone listening, look, I've always been a big fan of Damien's work, and 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 with good reason. I mean, you check out his stuff, you'll see. You can go to his website, you can see some of the videos that are on there. This is real street proven stuff based upon real fights. So you definitely want to go check it out. You can see his videos. You can see you can see all the stuff he's got to offer there. Um, over on his website, look, it's hardcore. It works. And his system is super easy to learn. You can check it all out at www.streetdefensetraining.com. And until our next Modern Combat Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.